Well, hey everybody, welcome to Valley Creek. So glad that you could join us. I wanna take a moment and say hi to all of our campuses wherever you're at, Denton, Louisville, Venue, Flower Mound, watching online. Let's all welcome each other together. It's good to see you guys. All right, so I have some great news. Next month, at the end of the month, we will celebrate baptisms. And baptisms are a big deal at Valley Creek Church. And I get what you would say a little too excited about baptisms. Maybe not a, we're gonna have to escort him out of here excited, but maybe a little bit like, that guy drank too much coffee excited. Because baptisms are a big deal. I had a chance to talk to my daughter recently. I was like, what's it like to see me like on special weekends when I'm kind of worshiping and I'm getting excited about what God's doing? And she thought about it for a second. She goes, I'd say you're like one half pastor and one half weirdo. <laughs> so my one half weirdo comes out on baptism weekend. At Valley Creek Church, if you hadn't had a chance to experience it yet, man, baptisms are literally right up front in the worship centers, and we're, we are the stories that are told, those are our main message, and we clap, and we celebrate, and we, and we cry, and they are a lot of emotion. And I got to thinking about it in preparation to talk with you guys, and I was thinking, man, why is there so much emotion connected to Baptism Weekend? When we hear the stories, when we hear the life change of what Jesus has been doing. And here's what I think the answer is. Because baptisms remind us of Jesus' faithfulness in the past, of his faithfulness right now in the present, and his promised faithfulness in the future. And, and when we hear the stories of baptism, they are marker stones for those that are getting baptized, and they're marker stones for those that are listening to the stories. And for those that are getting baptized, they're declarations of God's goodness, and they're declarations for those that are listening to the baptisms. And there are a moment in time in which somebody says, Jesus is Lord, and I will follow him. And they represent all the other moments of following Jesus is Lord. For those that are listening, baptisms are a big deal. So I want to talk about the only weekend where it's appropriate to wear a swimsuit to church. <laughs> Baptism weekend. Okay, here's what I want to do first. I want to level set baptisms for all of us on what they are. So baptisms are simply an outward symbol of an inward change. When I go into the waters of baptism, what I'm saying is, Jesus is Lord and I will follow him and my old life is dead and gone and I'm raised to new life in him. I have a new life in Jesus. In fact, that's why John 3.3 says, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Baptisms represent my rebirth, my new birth. When I go under the water, all of me is covered in the Holy Spirit and I come up brand new. In fact, the word baptism uh, in the Greek is a word that meant to dip or to sink underwater. And why that's important is if you think about like a ship being submerged under the water and the water being all through the ship and the water being on top of the ship, what that represents is that the Holy Spirit is in me and he's on top of me. He's all through me for my sake. He's on me for your sake. Or to put it another way, the Holy Spirit is in me to connect me to God the Father and he's upon me to connect the world to God the Father. Because they see the Holy Spirit moving in my life and it represents being fully submerged in him. My past is gone, my brokenness is gone, my shame is gone, it goes into the water, it does not chase me back out. And you see, baptism is always of my choosing. And so this is important. Baptisms of me choosing to do it, to walk into the waters and tell the world that I'm following Jesus for myself. 
So there may be people here who, who you might have been baptized as a child or, or as, a, as a young baby, and you were brought in front of the church. Here, here's what we'd want to say to you. When mom and dad came and brought you in front of the church with a big faith and a big hope that someday you would follow Jesus for yourself, what they were saying is someday I hope my child has that kind of relationship where they will say yes to following Jesus. That means that when you are baptized, you are actually doing the very thing they hoped and prayed for. So what we'd say to you is let their step of faith lead you to yours. Let mom and dad's step of faith lead you to yours because we're not about fear. We are about faith, and Jesus is inviting us to the waters of baptism. So you guys know the common phrase that we use when we say, uh, based on that profession of faith, I baptize you now in the name of the, say it with me, Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Now that comes to us from Matthew 28. Matthew 28, 18, 19. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you've been around church a while, you've heard that verse thousands of times. You've heard that said over and over in baptism. But here's my question. Why does it say, baptizing the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit? Like, why not just baptism in the name of, of God or baptism in the name of God's kingdom? What does that really mean? Because I think if we're honest with ourselves, we've missed it sometimes because we've heard it so much. It's kind of commonplace in our mind. But I believe that if we break it down, it's more than just the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You see, I think within that phrase in baptism we see one of the most important truths in scriptures, and it's one of the greatest things that Jesus ever taught us. And he taught us to baptize in the name of all three because Jesus himself experienced the power of all three when he was baptized. Check this out. Matthew 3.13, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. And John, John the Baptist, tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now, for it's proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were all present during Jesus' baptism. And in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit contains three powerful promises for us. Would you like to know what those are? Yes. All right, here we go. Here's the first one. In the name of the Father means you have a family. Of all the names Jesus could have referenced for God, he most often called him Father. Father who art in heaven, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So Jesus used the name Father because that was his connection point. He knew that God was his family. And, and God the Father sent Jesus as the firstborn son over all, over all creation so that other sons and daughters could be brought into the family. And Jesus knew that he had a father from a very young age. 
In Luke 2, when he was only 12 years old, uh, Jesus as a boy goes to the temple and he starts to talk with the religious leaders and, and he's talking about his father in heaven and he's blowing them away with how much he knows of scripture and his, and his wisdom. And Joseph and Mary come to try to find him and, and they were searching for him. And here's what it says in Luke 2:49: Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? So Jesus knew of his good father from a very young age and, and here's what I think is fascinating. God the Father didn't just let him know that from a young age and then just kind of hang out in his love or what he believed was his love. He actually told him that he loved him. During his baptism, Matthew 3.17, a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And I think what that shows us moms and dads is sometimes we'll say like, Oh, they know that I love them. Do they? Because God the Father took the time to say it to Jesus. And Jesus knew that his father loved him, and yet he still was affirmed in that way. And when the good father looks at you, he affirms you in that way. He sees you in that way. Somebody here just needs to hear this. You have a good father, and you're part of a good family. And maybe for you, you didn't have a good earthly father or a good family situation growing up. Have you ever just, have you ever stopped to try to process that spiritually? Like why that would be that you didn't have a good earthly father. Why it would be that you didn't have a good earthly family. Because here's what I believe it is. I think Satan wants to fill the world full of orphans. People that don't believe they have a good father in heaven. People that don't believe that the church is a good spiritual family. Because if you didn't have a good earthly father, it's much more difficult to believe you have a good heavenly father. If you didn't have a good earthly family, it's much more to connect, it's much harder to connect with the church as a good spiritual family. In the name of the father means I do not serve an angry distant God somewhere. I do not serve a taskmaster. I do not serve a God who does not care about me. I serve a good father. I'm not an orphan. I'm not alone. I'm not rejected. I have a father and I got a good family. And by the way, the father is taking back the lost sons and daughters. Satan wants a world full of orphans the Father wants an entire world full of beloved sons and daughters. Listen to this passage in Isaiah 43. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east. I'll gather you from the west. I'll say to the north, give them up. And to the south, don't hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who's called by my name, who I created for my glory, who I formed and I made. God the Father is bringing back his children. Baptism reminds us that God is building a family for himself. Let me tell you about Thomas here at Valley Creek. Thomas is one of the lost sons that's been brought back. So Thomas, like a lot of people, is not a messy person. He's a person who's in a mess. He's currently homeless. And uh, a year ago this May, he had a chance to be baptized. And what Thomas didn't realize at the time is that in the name of the Father meant that he would have a good family. You see, Joe from the Denton campus talked to Thomas, and he invited him to come and, and join Valley Creek and, and kind of see what was going on here. And he wanted to just kind of be a part uh, and, and spend time with us at our campus. And then Adam spent time with, uh, with Thomas as he walked, you know, walked around with him and drive places with him, and he'd, he'd answer his questions, and he'd just hang out with him, and he'd value him as a person. 
And the Lozanos were a family that took in Thomas when he had had a foot infection and he literally had to get back up on his feet and they, they let him wash his clothes at their house and they, they took care of him and, and, they, and they gave him a place to stay and to sleep. And then even the security officer in Denton had a chance to talk with Thomas and tell him that maybe police aren't what he had experienced in the past and that his relationship with them could be different and they weren't just there to try to pick on him or to kind of ruin his day and he changed his thought process about interacting with authorities. And then Thomas got really crazy. He decided to start serving with the host team at Denton, opening the door for people when they're coming to be with our family. And recently, somebody, some people from Valley Creek have been helping Thomas drive uh, to work so he could get to work and then drive him back home so he could make money. And now Thomas is going to be able to get an apartment for himself, and he's really going to be able to start succeeding in this next season. And all of that, because Thomas has a good father, and Thomas has a good family. So we had a chance to talk with Thomas and just ask him what it's been like to understand that he has a good father and, and he has a good family. And, um, and when we talked to him, he began to cry. And here's what he said. I didn't think there were people like that anymore. People out in the world just judged me and they made assumptions. People here cared about me and they cared about my story. And the name of the father means that Thomas has a good family. And the name of the Father means we have a family. And if that was it, if that's the only thing we said during baptisms, that would be pretty amazing. But wait, there's more. The second one is this. In the name of the Son means we are righteous. Matthew 3.15, when Jesus is talking with John the Baptist, it says, let it be so now. It's proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. This is the part you have to understand. If you're in Christ, if Jesus fulfilled it, so did you. If you're in Christ, if Jesus is it, so are you. If Jesus fulfilled all righteousness, so did you. So Jesus then is not just a picture of who you're striving to become like he's a mirror of who you already are. He did what you could not, so you would not experience what he did. Catch that again. He did what you could not, so you would not experience what he did. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says it like this. God made him who had no sin to be sin, so that in him... We might become the righteousness of God. In the name of the Son means we are righteous. By the way, that word is important because it's actually a noun in the original language. What that means is it's a state of being, not a state of doing. So it's what I am. It's not just what I do. And so in the name of the Son is a bold declaration to the spiritual realms that we're no longer slaves to sin. We died to that. We're raised to new life. When I come up out of the waters of baptism, I am the righteousness of Christ. It's showing the world that I'm in him. Ephesians 2, 3 through 5 says it like this. All of us also lived among them at one time, that is the ways of the world, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us. God, who's rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It's by grace that you've been saved. In the name of the Son means we are righteous. I can remember being so confused about that growing up. I'd be in these groups like in high school and in college, and 
And, and the groups that I was in are kind of like the groups that you're uh, familiar with here at church, only a lot more depressing. Because the focus of those groups was, was to try more to sin less. And, and so we would try more to sin less, and then we wonder why we were just spinning our wheels all the time, like we were always focusing on the wrong thing. What I needed to do is I needed to remember my baptism. Because in the name of the Son means I am righteous. And so if I knew that, I would start to act righteously. It means I have a new name. I have Jesus' righteousness. It kind of reminds me of when my wife and I had adopted our sweet Naomi from Ethiopia. She has been with us about five years. And when we went through the adoption process, there was all kinds of paperwork we had to do for USCIS, as U.S. Customs and Immigration Services. And I won't bore you with the details, but one of the pages was called an I-600. And an I-600 is just a contract that says that when my daughter came into the country, she would both have a new identity, she would be a hillier, and she would have a new country, a new place that she could, that she could be from. It was just a, a one-page contract, if you will. Now, here's what I want you to catch. The cross is our contract. And God the Father set up Jesus to fulfill that contract so that we would have a new identity and we'd have a new country to live in. Let's call it the kingdom of God. We have a new name. We have a new righteousness. And in the name of the Son means I am righteous. But wait, there's more. In the name of the Holy Spirit means I walk in power. We walk in power. Acts 10.38, you know Jesus of Nazareth? How God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went around doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. The verse is also true for us. So we can literally take that verse and place our name into the blank. You know Michael, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went around doing good and healing those that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with them. You know, you know Sheila? How God anointed her with the Holy Spirit and how she went around and she had a victorious life. She lived victoriously. You know how Bill had the the power to overcome his crazy upbringing and and break past that and and go into the new things that Jesus had for him. How Steve had the power to defeat his anger issues. You might know Melissa, how how she had the power to say no to anxiety, that she wasn't going to live that way anymore because of the Holy Spirit with her. Has she had the power to walk in new spiritual giftings? You remember John, how he had the power to overflow with love and joy and peace and patience? And Taylor had the power to bring uh, heavenly realities to earthly circumstances. Do do you know them? Because in the name of the Holy Spirit means we walk in power. When Satan lies, the Holy Spirit reminds you of what the Father said. He tells you the truth of who you are. When the world mocks you, the Father lovingly calls you by name, and and the Holy Spirit reminds you of what he said about you. When your own self-condemnation crushes you, it's the power of the Spirit that lifts you up, helps you change the way you think, and it places your feet on solid ground. Let's call it on the rock. I recently asked my friend Jay to explain what walking in the power of the Spirit has meant to him, and, and Jay had spent most of his adult life as an agnostic, and he's a scientist by trade, and he always thought that kind of faith and science were, you know, incompatible, and God got a hold of his heart within uh, just a few years ago, and, and three years ago, he was baptized here at Valley Creek, 
And since he's been baptized, man, I've seen him just blossom as a dad, you know, as a, as a husband in leading men and discipling them. And so I got a chance to ask him, like, Jake, just help me understand what it's been like to have the Holy Spirit and, and the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through your life. And here's what he said. He texted me back. He said, I kept drawing a blank, yet I kept thinking about it even in the midst of a night that didn't go so well. This perfectly timed question made me focus on him and what the Spirit has done for and in me. This in turn helped me step out of my self-induced funk. You ever had one of those? What I've felt from the Holy Spirit is a constantly encouraging and unwavering guide that when I embrace him is like the mighty wind flowing through my insides, forcing out the darkness and the stones, breaking down walls. Like a blower cleaning out the cracks and the crevices of the hard-to-reach places, it's so hard to describe the awesomeness when I just let it in. Yeah, it's, it's like that. And the name of the Holy Spirit means we walk in power. I kind of want to wrap it up with, with this story. So immediately after Jesus was baptized, and this is going to kind of pull it all together. This is why it's so important and what he says is so important. Immediately after he's baptized, he goes out into the desert to be tempted. We call that, you know, his wilderness journey. You might know it as, uh, as the temptation of Satan in the wilderness. I call it his baptism battle because he had to face it directly after he was baptized. And every one of us is going to face some kind of baptism battle, some kind of wilderness season, some kind of ways that Satan's going to attack you, you know, at some point in your journey. And here's what I want you to catch. Jesus went back and thought about his baptism right in that moment. Listen to Luke 4, 1 through 3. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. For 40 days, being tempted by the devil, he ate nothing during those days, and when they had ended, he became hungry. That's one of the greatest understatements in the history of the Bible. Somebody get that guy a chicken biscuit. Okay. He became hungry. Then the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. If you are the son of God. See, Satan tried to make Jesus question his good father and question his standing as a righteous son. Right then and there, Jesus had to remember his baptism. Check this out. In Matthew 4, this is his response. Matthew 4, 4. But he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Here's the question. What words was he remembering right then? This is my son, whom I love. In him I am well pleased. Amen. He literally drew on the words that the father had said about him. And he drew on his well of his own righteousness to overcome temptation and act righteously. And he drew on the power of the Holy Spirit to lead him through that time so that he could make it past that wilderness season. We must look back to our baptisms because there's power in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So really, there's, there's three camps of people that are hearing this right now. One camp of people is, man, you've been baptized. 
and you've been walking out your journey with Jesus and kind of stepping into life with him. So here's my question for you. If I say in the name of the Father means you have a good family, are you engaging your good family? Like, are you really digging into the things here with the Valley Creek family and, and, and being vulnerable and being available and doing groups and doing a life with because the Father brought us into the family by bringing us Jesus, the, his very first son, the firstborn of all creation, who went and made a way for the sons and daughters to come home? That means that we should be engaging our good family here at Valley Creek. So it's just a great reminder for those who have been baptized if you've been baptized, man, engage, engage your family. You have a good father. How about this? If you've been baptized, do you believe that in the name of the Son means you are righteous, which means that you're going to be able to live righteously. You're going to be able to overcome those things that have held you down at different times in your life because you have the righteousness of the Son. It also means that in the name of the Holy Spirit means you walk in power. So you have the power too change things around you, to change the atmospheres of the places that you are and your work and your family and those situations. You have the Holy Spirit with you. If you've been baptized, you can look back on in the name of and draw strength from that just like Jesus did. The second camp of people is people that haven't yet been baptized. And so what we say to you is, come on. We're ready to celebrate you. We're ready to celebrate what Jesus is doing in your life, uh, in and through you. And in fact, you can go whatever campus you're at, you can go and you can sign up for the baptism weekend and we got classes and we'll walk you through that. We'll help you understand everything. It's not gonna be scary. We're gonna cheer you on. We're gonna, we're gonna be there for you. Take that next step of obedience. It's worth it. One next step will lead to another. It's worth the journey with Jesus. Step into the waters of baptism. We're gonna cheer you on. The third camp of people that are here may not even fully understand the things I'm even talking about right now. <laughs> and, you're, um, and you're just coming and checking Jesus out. And you're just wondering kind of who he is and, and what he might have for you in your life and for your family or, or, or what, why we worship the way we do or why people act the way they do here within the Valley Creek family. Why they would see somebody like a Thomas and just, and just treat him differently than everybody else did. Maybe you're wondering about that. Here's what we'd say to you. Come on baptism weekend. Come and listen to these stories and let the goodness of Jesus just well up in your heart as you hear life change and transformation and people that are so excited about their journey with Jesus. Just keep coming. The Lord has something good for you here. And what we really want to encourage you is the Father's trying to bring you home. He's bringing back his sons and daughters. All those he's formed and he's made, all those who were created for his glory, who he's called by name, that's you. That's you, and he wants to bring you home. So keep coming, keep being here, keep thinking about the things of Jesus. Baptism marks our transformation from weak, orphaned sinners to powerful, righteous sons and daughters. In the name of the Father, means we have a family. In the name of the Son, means we are righteous. And in the name of the Holy Spirit, means we walk in power. Will you bow your head with me? And let me just ask you, 
What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? Because I'll just be honest with you, this, um, this message has gone so deep to my heart this week. I want to live in the power of in the name of. I want to live in the power in the name of my Father and, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I know God wants you to also. So wherever you're at on that spectrum, whether you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, whether you're ready to take the step into the waters of baptism, whether you're just figuring out who, the, who this Jesus is, there is power in his name. There is power in the waters of baptism and what that represents in a changed life and a changed heart. So God, right now, I just pray for our entire upcoming baptism weekend and for the celebration that that is. And we know that you're going to be honored and that you're going to be lifted up and that you're going to change lives and you're going to transform us in new and special ways. I pray for people to be brave, to say yes, to walk with you, to step into the waters, to believe that there are new and amazing things that, that, that come after we say yes to baptism, after we walk in that obedience. I pray for those of us that have walked with Jesus for a long time to understand that we have a great family and we have a declared righteousness and we have the power of the Holy Spirit and that that would go to actually transform our lives. Like that would change our relationships. That would change our day to day. It would change how and who we interact with and the confidence we do that with. That's my prayer, God. That's my prayer for the whole Valley Creek family. So come and meet us there and remind us of who you are and what you've done and the power of our, our baptism, the power of the symbolism of baptism in our lives. We love you, Jesus. We are so proud to be the beloved sons and daughters. In your precious name, amen.